Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Hey, what's good, you guys? What is good? We need to focus on the good right now because, boy, things are going bananas. I don't know if your world is swirling. I kind of feel like everyone's world is swirling right now. And oh my gosh, what a week. (laughs) What a week it's been for me. Um, I'm assuming what a week it's been for you too. It seems like just every week things just get crazier and crazier. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. So, okay, kicking back to last Friday, when last week's show, Imposter Syndrome, dropped, because we have new episodes every Friday here on The Remedy, I woke up to a bunch of messages, DMs in my uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and um, people sending me messages saying, hey, is there no show this week? Or, you know, I went to log on and I didn't see something. And so, As I'm scrolling through the messages, I see that there's a message from Spotify and from Apple saying that they've chosen to withhold my show for review (laughs) before dropping it. What? So I was like, okay, uh, what does that mean? I mean, this show isn't even controversial, imposter syndrome, not even uh, controversial. Well, I mean, I guess... It would be controversial if you're on the side of the enemy. (laughs) But anyway, there was no time or date or time frame of when they would release the show. So I had nothing to tell you guys, the listeners that were messaging me. And um, I had nothing to tell you guys because I was like, I don't have an answer. Uh, We're at the mercy of Spotify and Apple podcast. I didn't get a message from Google podcast, but um, I'm assuming that it was withheld somehow from that. I'm I'm assuming they just, you know, stopped the train. Stop that train. You know, and I'm stop that train. I want to get off. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I popped it onto social media like, listen, you guys, if you're seeing this, please pray because the episode has been snatched and they won't release it until they review it. And that could be who knows when. And so a lot of you guys went to work, and you guys cut down on your knees and you started praying. And boom, like within 15 minutes of me putting out there asking for prayer, I got a message saying your episode's been released. And people were Uh, then messaging, I see it, I see it, I see it. And it was just like, (laughs) wow, to see the power of God answering prayer. I don't like to say the power of prayer, because it's not the prayer that saves, it's the one who answers that prayer that deserves the glory, not the prayer or the prayee, (laughs) but it's the one who's picking up the phone on the other end. That's the one that deserves all the glory and praise. And so, We are praising God for hearing that prayer and um, the prayer of many because boom, it dropped. And then, and then, I mean, and it wasn't even a controversial episode, really. I mean, not that I thought it was, but you guys, it's been a controversial week, you know, with Roe versus Wade and uh, being overturned. And so, you know, er everything that is controversial is like extra controversial right now. And 
Then I started getting messages from people who um, were not even really listeners, but people who were then, uh, well, they were jumping all over my case because I was posting what a miracle this week was and seeing the hand of God move in in very real ways, like the podcast dropping 15 minutes after this message saying that they would hold it indefinitely. Then seeing, you know, Roe versus Wade being overturned. That is a miracle. It's a direct answer to prayer. Many of us were in Washington, D.C. with Sean Foyt, Let Us Worship, praying on the steps of the Supreme Court (laughs) in Washington, D.C., like the actual Supreme Court steps, praying for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. And all over the United States and probably the world, the broadcast of of those who were there in Washington, D.C., us who were there in Washington, D.C., was being broadcast. And um, so then, therefore, millions of others, cries going out to the Lord for a miracle. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, it seemed like a huge mountain to move. For 50 years, the federal government has been meddling in these affairs. And for a whole lot longer than that, People have been sacrificing their children on the altar of the enemy. And to see this huge monumental moment be overturned, I mean, I believed and I prayed and I hoped that God would hear us, but I honestly didn't know if it would happen. And so to see it be overturned, oh my gosh, is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But anyway, so I posted about that, what these miracles like you guys praying and the podcast being released and then Roe versus Wade. And then I had this incredibly cool moment where, you know, when people comment cruel stuff on uh, social media influencers post or a podcaster or, you know, uh, you know, somebody who's maybe out there in the public eye a little bit, when you when when you comment when trolls, I should say, comment these mean things, they put that stuff out there and they think, oh, well, this person, you know, they're just, they're just out there. They're just a, not a celebrity, but even on celebrities post and people say the most mean and awful things. And you know what? The people behind those receiving those mean, cruel comments, those are people. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we have the armor of God on and ching, it just bounces off armor, right? It bounces off our shield. You know, I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me, sticks to you kind of thing. But sometimes we've taken that armor off and we're going to bed and, and we're in a vulnerable moment and the fiery arrows of the enemy find a place to stick in and it's painful. And it kind of rattles our cage a lot. And that's, you know, the point. They're trying to rattle the cage. These people are super, I believe, totally demonic, demon motivated. And, and it hurts. And, and sometimes it causes damage. And so all of these negative DMs that were coming in messages or comments on certain posts, they kind of made me feel a little bit um, defeated for a moment, even though, you know, we'd seen this massive victory. And I kind of was taking a step back and thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't record podcasts or maybe I should, 
dial it back on social media a little bit. And then out of the blue comes this message. And there's this man, this guy that um, we went to the same high school and his younger sister, who she's a few years older than me, but she and I were friends. And so he is older than her. So he's, you know, several years older than me. And I knew him, but he was an acquaintance through his sister and he was grown up and he went into the military and became, you know, a top gun. I mean, he's legit a maverick, you know, this that that's who this man is. And I don't speak to him in any personal um, arena or whatever. We're Facebook friends, but but, you know, God bless him. We just, you know, we don't have uh, a real personal relationship. But every now and again, and it's always at this, the most perfect time, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, I need to take a seat. I've been taking a stand and man, I am getting beat up and I'm I'm not going to, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Maybe you've been attacked by family. I was. <laughs> Maybe you've been attacked by someone you care deeply about, a friend. Maybe it's a total stranger, but it just happens that whatever they're saying, you know, gets between a chink in your armor, but it cuts deep and it makes you really sad. And you think, okay, maybe I should take a seat. That happened to me. And this man, somehow the Lord uses him. And if you're listening to this right now, I'm not going to say your name, but you know who you are. And if you're listening to this podcast, I just want to say thank you for being being a tool. Thanks for being a tool, man. <laughs> a tool for Jesus. <laughs> because he always pops in to my DMs at that exact moment. And it's only happened one or two times before, but it's always in this exact moment. And his words were, Sarah, keep going. You rock. That was it. Keep going. And it was exactly what I needed to hear at the time in my mind. I'm questioning, should I keep going? Should I keep doing this? Lord, is this, is this what you want me to do? Am I battling for you? Is this what you want me to do? Boop. Message. Okay, here we go. Somebody else who's attacking me. Open it up and see. Sarah, keep going. And it's this same person who only pops in exactly when I need it. Which that simple post to me spoke more than a thousand volumes. For me, that was Psalm 27, 13 and 14. It was, it was, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And for me, that was a moment where I felt like I was losing heart, that I hadn't seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so miracle after miracle. And so I posted, whoa, man, I just have seen, you know, these people praying and our podcast was released. And then, you know, Roe versus Wade is overturned and boop, this guy pops into my DMs with that encouragement from the Lord. And I was just on fire. So then, then I, you know, post that. And, you know, people share my posts uh, on social media. And that's what 
I post for, for many to see it, for for people to share it so that people, other people can be edified and ultimately the name of the Lord be praised, but also to expose some of this demonic stuff that's going on and and wake people up. I mean, that's really the ultimate goal is to open the eyes of those who are sleeping and who don't see yet, right? And so, one of my uh, friends, a listener, loved last week's podcast so much that she chose to post it in um, some groups from our hometown. <laughs> oh, my hometown is like super liberal. I mean, witchcraft galore. It's literally, literally, they have a school of witchcraft there. You see druids and witches in the Central Park downtown having rituals and with candles made out of pentagrams. <laughs> it's wild, man. It is wild. And it is a wild place to be serving in the ministry. I have some friends that are serving in the ministry there, and that is where my dad was planted to start a church. My mom and dad started a church in Ashland. And I will tell you, spiritual warfare is real. There's a reason I talk about it so much on this podcast, because I have lived it. I have seen things that you cannot even imagine. Very real. Spiritual warfare. But anyway, so my friend put this out there. And oh my gosh, I'm not even going to read you the comments. But the comments were super, I mean, it was like, you could just see the demons inside of these people being stirred up, stirring that pot. And a couple of times she messaged me and said, you know what, I think that I want to remove these posts because these people are putting curses on, you know, you and on me for posting this. And I don't want those curses to, you know, reverberate. And it was like, no weapon that is formed against shall prosper in the name of Jesus. There's somebody out there who's looking at that post, and maybe they're not jumping in there because there's a snake pit that is riling and commenting on her post. But there's other people in that group who are looking and listening, and her taking a stand. Well, yeah, she riled up the snake pit, but her taking a stand you never know who's watching, who's watching and not saying anything. And you never know whose life you're changing. And honestly, my dad used to say that, not calling people dogs, but he was saying, you know, if you come across a pack of dogs and you throw a rock into it, the one that yelps the loudest is the one that you've hit. And that seems to be very true when you speak of the truth, when you're talking about the Lord and um, when you rile up someone's inner demons, you know, the one that comes after you the loudest is the one who the post hit. It riled up something inside of them. And so, anyway, these people have been harassing her, harassing me, and even talking about, you know, let's let's go and and go to this this podcast and we're gonna we're gonna downvote it. <laughs> We're going to put we're going to put uh, uh, comments on there, even though none of these people have listened to a single word that I've said. But that that is what that is what they want to do. Fine. Whatever. In the name of Jesus, as long as it brings you to the word of God, because I'm not the one who will change you. The word of God will change you. It'll change everything. Jesus changes everything. 
just like we get this news that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. You guys, this is 50 years of prayer and fasting and weeping and battling in the spirit realm for this victory. And it was snatched from the clutches of the enemy, from these false idols, from Baal, from Molech. The overturning of this unconstitutional law is a direct answer to so many prayers. Those of us that were on the steps of the Supreme Court praying, the people who prayed at every monument all throughout the the mall there in Washington, D.C. This is mind-blowing stuff. And to see it to actually come to fruition is mind-blowing. I shared online the story of me having an abortion when I was 17. Do you know that there are so many women out there, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know because you're bearing the same scars that I am or similar scars, but there are so many women who message me saying, you're so brave to admit that. I also had one or more. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I can't speak about, about it. And my family doesn't know about it, but you're so brave. And it's not bravery. It's just honesty. The honesty is, is that, yes, I fell victim to the lies and the propaganda that pushed me to think that that was my only option, to push me to think that at 17 years old, I couldn't have a baby. Uh, I couldn't take care of a baby. My life would be changed. My life would be ruined. It was the only option for this child. And if, if I went ahead and had this baby, that God wouldn't take care of me or, 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 or. And plan, enter Planned Parenthood who says, you know what? It'll be like it never happened, Sarah. It'll be like it never happened. And that's what I wanted to. I just wanted to go back to the time when it had never happened. And I wanted the, the mistake that I had made having sex outside of the bonds of marriage. I wanted that to be washed away. And so I made this mistake. And so I get these messages from women because I speak out, I, I speak out about it. I speak out about what happened after. What happens after the abortion clinic? What happens after is that your body and your soul and your heart know that your baby is dead. No matter how that child was conceived, you know that no matter what the circumstances, you end up with your child being dead and your heart knows that and you grieve for that. Even if you don't admit that you're grieving, if you really admit and you look inside, you realize that, yeah, you're grieving. And so I, and I know that because I get so many messages from women. You guys have no idea. I won't reveal them. They're private. And I, I remain with them being private. I know what it's like to counsel with someone. When I was 17 years old, counseling with someone who then went around and spoke about my business to other people who then came to me knowing what I had done and had learned from this person who ended up being a gossip about it. Yeah, you better believe that I will hold you in confidence. But I ask of you to not hold it in confidence. I ask of you to speak out to other women because your story matters. Your story matters in the sense that you can save a life, that by you taking a stand, you can save lives. And and even if you don't want to take a stand, I'm taking a stand. <laughs> My child's life mattered. It was very real. It was very much that even though it was 14 weeks on this earth, their life will forever be a ripple and matter. Why? Because their life I will use to save others. Their life mattered. 
You know, people have asked, how has killing children even become something that has been acceptable and celebrated? You guys, in the Bible, child sacrifice, it's nothing new. Did you know that the sacrifice of children to pagan gods has been going on for eons? There are some modern scholars that have proposed that Moloch, maybe the same god as Milcom or Adad Milky, or that it's another name for Baal. Moloch was a deity that the Canaanites worshipped that required, required the greatest of sacrifices, which was a child sacrifice. As a governing nation, we have broken the generational agreement with the spirit of Moloch, the generational agreement to sacrifice our children here in the United States by overturning Roe versus Wade. That, you guys, my friends, that is why we are seeing and feeling this great fury that's happening right now. The principal pillars of Baalism were child sacrifice, sexual immorality, both heterosexual and homosexual. It was also reverence of the creation over the creator. All of those are principal pillars of Baalism. Sounds a whole lot like what's going on right now, doesn't it? Adults would gather around the altar of Baal. Infants would then be burned alive as a sacrificial offering to that deity. And amid the horrific screams and the stench of charred human flesh, congregants, men and women alike, would engage in bisexual orgies. The ritual of convenience was intended to produce financial and economic prosperity. The love of money is the root of all evil. Worshiping Baal meant sacrificing human life, never your own, just the innocent newborn, (laughs) so that you might have prosperity here on earth, financial prosperity. Pretty wild, pretty disgusting, and really hard to hear. But this is reality. And it's been going on for eons. It's all over the Old Testament. We learn that this was a common practice of the Canaanites and you can see how when Moses went up to Mount Sinai for just a minute, I mean, it was the Canaanites, but it spread all throughout the land. I mean, here we are in the United States, and that worship is happening now. We have video proof of some of our presidents worshiping at Bohemian Grove in California, in Druid robes, having a sacrifice. It's literally on video. You can say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, Sarah. No, it means that you are un- uninformed. Either that or you are willfully closing your eyes because it's happening right here, right now, by people in power. Why do you think that they put this rule of law in so that they could then continue with child sacrifices? Wake up. This is real. This is real. You guys, this is real reality. This isn't some fake Disney movie. The Disney movie has ended. And by the way, they are for child sacrifice. (laughs) and sex trafficking, and all kinds of stuff. They've been busted. People have been arrested. This isn't some conspiracy theory. It actually is happening. If you open your eyes and take a look at the reality instead of the faux fake reality they want you to see, the fantasy, the fairy tale, the fairy tale isn't what I'm telling you right now. The fairy tale are the princess movies that then lead children to their parks so that they can snatch them or, you know, allegedly, right? Allegedly, but not really because there's a whole bunch of people in Florida who were just arrested. So 
<sighs> anyway, I digress. So this is like when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he was there for, you know, a half a minute. And all of a sudden people were like, hey, hey, you know, what would be really fun would be to collect all the gold from everyone in, that wants in. And hey, we're going to make our false idol again. <laughs> we're going to make ourselves a golden calf, which is Baal worship, by the way. Pretty interesting that the statue at the financial center in New York City is a bull. Hmm. It also puts into perspective the story of Abraham and Isaac in a totally different light. I myself have even questioned, God, if you are a God of good, then why in the world would you ask? Even if, yes, you were going to, you know, you hear in church and they kind of, you know, whitewash it and make it sound really good. But like, um, you know, well, God was doing that so that he could show that he's going to be the, the sacrifice. Well, then why in the world would a good God even ask him to sacrifice his son, you know, Abraham and Isaac, and, you know, God asks him to sacrifice his son. Why would God, if you were good, I'm a, why would you do that? Even if you were like, eh, just joking, you know, I'm going to provide a ram. I've thought to myself, wow, that's not a, that's not a nice person to even joke like that. But that's not what it was about. You've put the story in context. And I wish more pastors would do this. Please, pastors, do this. Put it in context. People have this question of who the good God is, and the good God is Yahweh. And he wasn't the one who was requiring child sacrifice. The pagans all around where Abraham and Sarah lived required a child sacrifice. It was normal life. It was normal life for these people to do this because of the false deity that they worshiped. So when God asked him to take Isaac up, he didn't question it. He packed him up, off they went, because it was normal. But what was God's purpose was to show that he was not this false deity, that he didn't require something so wicked, but he, in fact, would become the sacrifice. That, that, was, that was the purpose. When taken out of context and you don't realize that it was normal for them to sacrifice their children because the false Canaanite deity required that, it becomes a much different story. And you realize, wow, God is, Yahweh is good. He's telling you, don't do this. I don't require this. And in fact, he himself would provide the sacrifice, enter in Jesus, who is Yahweh made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. God, Yahweh, became the ultimate sacrifice once and for all, period. This week, we've seen all hell break loose, and I do mean hell. For those of us who have discerning eyes to see, you'll see what's really going on. It isn't just some, you know, crazy blue-haired liberal that's, you know, uh, mixed up. No, they are mixed up because their minds are being clouded by demons. The demonic forces have come completely unglued, unhinged. They make no sense. The God of chaos. Somehow, people that even we love, people we know, or even people we don't, somehow have become completely hypnotized to believe that the only way to deal with a pregnancy is to kill their own baby. I've chosen to take a bold stand. Because my eyes have been opened. That discernment was given to me. There is no gray area here. You are either for Jesus. 
You are for life. You are for standing in protection of the image bearers of God, which is what people are. The image bearer of God. You are either for Jesus or you're against. Taking a stand against moral decay, taking a stand against the demonic agenda of child sacrifice, that's really what it is. They have convinced decades of women that they had a choice, when instead what they really did was brainwash women to do their bidding. The sad thing is, is when you try and open people's eyes to see the truth, and they are totally blind to the truth, no matter how you speak reason and truth, they can't see it. Here's a Bible passage that I'd like to share. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, and it says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It's the people who are perishing. It is those who, like we say here, who your daddy? (laughs) Who's your shepherd? There are some people whose daddy is the devil. They don't even know it. They haven't given themselves over, but they have given themselves over. And their daddy is the devil. And Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And that the good news is hidden only from people who are perishing. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Are you able to see the glorious light? You who are listening to this right now, are you able to see the glorious light? Are you able to distinguish truth, God's truth, from the satanic agenda? If you are, if you are, are you standing tall and shining the glorious light that you have been given? Or are you cowering for fear of backlash? Are you cowering for fear of offending your family members or losing followers or, well, but Sarah, I want to be inclusive. The good news is Jesus was the sacrifice. It is finished, you guys. It is finished. And I've seen some Christian leaders who are all of the sudden being silent. People posting, well, you know, you don't have to speak on every subject that that comes in. Like every political subject doesn't need its own show. This is one that needs its own show. If you're really standing for Jesus, <laughs> this is it. This is your time. This is it. It's happening right now. Don't miss it. Yo, what? There is no time like now when all hell is being unleashed It is the time to stand. It is standing. You are a lighthouse. If you are filled with that glorious light, then you are a lighthouse, my friend. You are the one who needs to stand and shine like never before. There are people that are watching. Yes, there are ones who are going to attack. You bet. You throw a rock into a pack of dogs. The one that yelps the loudest is the one who's getting hit the hardest. But you know what? There are dogs all around who are looking at that rock going, I don't want to be hit. Where's, where's my protection? Where's my, where is, what do I do? I got to change course. 
There are people who are looking, who are watching, and who need the beacon, the lighthouse right now, and that's you. If you are filled with the glorious light, shine like never before. Take a stand, dude. Beam out a reflection of the good news, a reflection of that glorious light. So many are being tossed right now in the raging sea. They need you. They need you to point the way to the way. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He is life. They need you to point the way to the way. Take a stand, my friend. You aren't alone because I'm standing with you. Shine on, my friends. I love you. And until next week, peace. Hey, friends, this is Sarah Grace. I want to share a cause that's close to my heart. You've heard me mention my dear friend, Bo. She's the one we walk together in those races. Well, it's time for me to walk alongside her. Her husband, our dear friend Willie, is fighting an epic battle with cancer. There are some new special treatments that could really help, but the cost? Well, it's a challenge. And we know that nothing is too great for our God. If you feel led to share the love of Christ in this way, would you consider donating? Go to givesendgo.com forward slash Willie's life. We would be eternally grateful. Thank you.